This is Cruise Radio. There's no reason why you should ever not have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Miracle this week. Also, Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. He's filling in for Sherry Laskin, who's trekking around Alaska with really bad signal this week. Uh, So with that said, last week we talked about how we launched the Alexa Skill app, the Cruise Radio News, the flash briefings. Well, due to your feedback and over 100 emails, uh, I took that into consideration, and I'm putting the daily briefings on a podcast channel called Cruise Radio News. So if you go, however you're listening to this show, type in Cruise Radio News, you could subscribe to that feed. It's totally separate from this Cruise Radio feed, and you could hear the daily Monday through Friday updates, kind of the the top top three things you need to know every day, Monday through Friday, and the closing stock report. Um, again, I didn't want to bombard this feed with audio every single day because you'd get tired of me, so I created another feed for that. So, um, And also more exciting things to come, so stay tuned for the other big announcements, I guess. Yeah. Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. How are you tonight? Good. So you have some big shoes to fill because Sherry Laskin isn't here this week. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about that. Okay, then we'll get right to Cruise News. Royal Caribbean's latest announcement has guests that have emotional support dogs quite upset. Uh, What was this announcement? Well, they basically said that any uh, emotional support animals, which are different from service animals, like, you know, like that, that, that blind people use, they're a little bit different than that. They will not be allowing them after, I believe the date is July 30th. Uh, guests who made reservations before then will still be able to sail with their therapy pets, but after that, they're not going to be allowing it anymore. And it's easy to see why some people would be upset by it, but it's also easy to see why they've made this decision. It kind of creates an entirely different set of problems when you bring animals into really any environment. But, you know, you've got customers who are going to be allergic. You've got, you've got, um, special needs that have to be taken care of when you have, uh, animals being brought into this environment. So on that level, it's easy to understand why they would make that decision. On the other hand, people, you know, there are a lot of people out there now who use support animals and uh, especially emotional support animals, and they're going to feel like the cruise line is disrespecting sort of their need for this animal. What will be really interesting here is to see if other cruise lines follow suit, because that's what usually happens is one of the cruise lines makes a move and then the others follow right along with them. Well, you know, I asked Matt Hotchberg over at Royal Caribbean blog today. I asked him, I said, why do you think that companies are moving in this direction? And this is what he had to say. You know, that's an interesting question. I think a lot of it has to do, as we see in the travel industry, one company does it and there's kind of a domino effect with a lot of it. So there's that. I think that this has been something that unfortunately has been abused. We've seen instances of this over the, in the media where you see support peacocks and support hamsters and, you know, clear instances of people just trying to get their pets to come on a uh, on travel with them, right? There is obviously a need for it. There's uh, there's absolutely a a rational need for emotional support animals, and certainly that's where this idea came from. But unfortunately, it has gotten to a point where it has become abused, and you know these companies are in an awful spot, right? Because these people come in with these emotional support animals, and it's, you really can't question it. You really can't say, you know, uh, sir or madam, why do you have that animal there? It's it's you know it's something that's not none of their business per se. On the other hand, you've got people that are trying to enjoy the services offered by these travel companies, and you know there are people that are allergic to it. 
people that are bothered by it. Certainly sometimes in a lot of cases of the abuse situations, these animals are not trained to be in these kind of, you know, confined areas and quote unquote behave or at least, you know, pr- uh, act in a certain responsible manner. And as a result, you know, I feel like a lot of companies, whether we're talking about Royal Caribbean or Southwest Airlines or American Airlines or Delta or Publix, you know, they're really about, I think, just saying, you know what? We can't support this, A, because you have to provide facilities for all this. B, there's a negative customer component to it. And as a result, C, it's just simpler to say we're not going to support emotional support animals on our cruise ships or wherever we happen to go because it helps really just make it simpler rather than be like the arbiter of, okay, that animal's okay, but not that animal because that's a terrible situation to put a Royal Caribbean employee in. And second of all, it also provide, protects against guests who may have an issue with it uh, and certainly allows the service animals, which are, by the way, still allowed on their cruise ships. These are, you know, trained and certified service animals for the blind and other uh, special needs that are that exist out there that are, you know, established. And those are all OK. It's just these emotional support animals that they're getting rid of because there's quite frankly, it's, it's you know, been an, an abused situation. Thanks, Matt. What are your thoughts, Richard? Matt makes a really great point there about can you imagine we talk about uh, the people at guest services and the and the things they have to deal with all the time. Imagine how much they must have to deal with when it comes to service animals and all the complaints they're going to have in response to this. Very curious to see if other cruise lines will follow suit. Moving on here, Carnival Horizon, not even six months old yet and already experiences uh, experiencing technical issues. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because this is one of those problems that you tend to hear more about with older ships. Uh, as we understand it, we don't know exactly what happened, but it seems to be sort of an azipod failure. And they're bringing a mechanic on board to take a look at it. Uh, they had to skip a port. They, had to, they couldn't go into Amber Cove, but they were making their way back to New York City and expected to arrive on schedule. But like I said, it's usually this kind of problem we don't expect to see on a ship this new. So we'll have to keep an ear open and see what they say about it and how it'll impact future sailings. Hey, maybe it's under a 12-month, 60,000-mile warranty. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much that contract would cost. I know, right? Uh, so Norwegian Cruise Line announced the details of three cruise ship refurbishments that were received within the past couple of months. Uh, which ships were they, and what exactly did we see on each one? The Norwegian Breakaway, the Norwegian Sun, and the Norwegian Star. They all got basically sort of the same thing. It was sort of an all-around refurbishment. The interesting thing is that Norwegian Breakaway is a relatively new ship. Uh, But the thing they got added is what's called a Sid Norman's Poor House, which is going to be sort of a a rock bar and beer house. And I guess the cast of Rock of Ages is going to come in and serve you drinks, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems sort of like an updated version of the Cavern Club that they have that's devoted to the Beatles on uh, which one is that? That's Norwegian Bliss? Sure. They also added like on Norwegian Sun they got some new restaurants. They got the Los Lobos Cantina which I'm a big fan of Um, and some of the changes are a little weird like uh, they're changing what was the Spinnaker Lounge into an observation lounge on some ships and on other ships they're changing what was the observation lounge into the Spinnaker Lounge. They're also updating their Bliss nightclubs. So it's sort of just a, a refreshing and especially on the older ships, the Sun and the Star. It's those are ships that have been around a while. They needed, you know, a little bit of, you know, kind of housekeeping, I guess well, you'd call it. They needed a little a little bit of freshening up. I read that one of the ships refurbished got a Spice H2O. 
Yeah, the Norwegian Star got a Spice H2O, um, and that is Norwegian's outdoor adult-only space, mm-hmm. and it's one of the places that they use to have a lot of their parties. So that's going to be really fun for guests on that ship because the uh, nobody does a nighttime party outside under the ocean like Norwegian does. So I'm glad to see that one. Celebrity Cruises revealed some entertainment options this week. When they first started talking about Celebrity Edge, the only thing that people really focused on was that uh, sort of elevator thing on the side <laughs> of the ship. Right. I didn't really have much interest, but then they started revealing stuff about the entertainment and the restaurants. This One of the new venues that they're going to have is sort of reminds me a little bit of the – 270 on Anthem of the Seas. It's got a theater in the round. It's got high-tech screens. It's going to like be really incredibly immersive. And it sounds kind of like a blast. And when you combine that with Eden, the sort of combined dining immersive experience that they've already announced as one of the main dining features, this ship is starting to shape up to be kind of a cool thing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and five new stage shows coming to it. And it, like you said, it's kind of uh, it reminds you of 270 Lounge. It also reminds me a lot of On Holland America, their theater. They have their show theater has that kind of in the round with, how would you say it? Great sight lines? It sort of seems like unimpeded sight lines. You know, we talk a lot about how on some ships when they build the theater, there's poles or columns and, you know, you want to get there early to get good seats. You don't really have to worry about that quite so much with theaters like this because basically there isn't a bad seat in the house. At least certainly looking at the renderings, that's how it looks like it's going to be. Listener question comes from Joseph in Indiana. If you have one, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Where is the best website to show solo cruise fares? Everybody has their own sites that they enjoy going to. For me personally, and I am a solo cruiser, I like to go to pr- cruiseplum.com. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-P-L-U-M.com. Um, they have a couple of different categories you can search things by. One is last-minute deals. One is price drops. And another is solo. And it just lists various um, low-supplement or no-supplement sailings for solo. So it's it's a really great site. They they update it every single day. Uh, it's really pretty awesome. The frog outside the studio window tells me it's time to wrap up, so we'll do that. We've been talking with Richard Sims. Hey, Richard, thanks for filling in for Sherry this week. Well, you know, I hope I did half as good as she does on a weekly basis. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. So John and his family just got back from a seven-night cruise on Carnival Miracle out of Tampa. John joins us on the line. Hey, John. Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good, buddy. Uh, thanks for checking in about Carnival Miracle. We haven't heard from this ship in quite a long time, so excited to talk all about her today. Of course, she's repositioning 
in the next year or so um, over to the West Coast. You know, before we get to the ship itself, as we do always, take a step back. What made you want to sail Carnival Miracle? Well, a couple of reasons. We, uh, it was a new opportunity. We'd never sailed out of Tampa before, so we were looking forward to trying that, trying a new port. And uh, my wife's family uh, is, is down in that area, so it gave us an opportunity to do a little pre-cruise visit with them. So that was uh, a nice uh, added benefit. And then two, we've been trying to get into uh, cruising a little bit more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were looking for uh, uh, you know, a strong value on this summer's trip that maybe we can get uh, two or three cruises in a year versus maybe one or two. Um, so the miracle fit the bill, you know, the, uh, the rates on that ship were very uh, competitive and I feel like we got a really great deal. Um, and, you know, originally we had booked into a interior room uh, category 4k that had the uh, French doors uh, that open up. Uh, they, they sit kind of behind the lifeboats there on deck four. So you pay an interior rate, but you get a window that can actually open. Uh, you can't go out there, but it's nice to have that. So we thought, hey, you know, we'll, we'll uh, try our first quote-unquote interior, but we'll take the advantage of having a window. Um, so just a combination of all those things kind of got us excited about uh, trying out the Miracle. You said it was a good value, but you were sailing uh, July 4th weekend. That's normally a premium weekend. It still was a pretty good value, even over July 4th? It is. It was. Uh, I was surprised. As a matter of fact, uh, from when I originally booked it last fall uh, up until just a few months before we sailed, the prices dropped. I mean, we saved about $280 on our original booking. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to take advantage of a price drop in. We got a little bit of onboard credit with that. So I don't know if it was just, you know, maybe the combination of sailing out of Tampa and, you know, maybe a slightly smaller, older ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe Carnival was having a little bit of trouble selling, you know, selling it. But, you know, the ship was full by the time we went and everybody had a great time. I mean, it was it was a perfect vacation. So I think we just got lucky. Maybe, uh, you know, it was kind of a one time anomaly that we uh, were able to score such a, a great deal during that time of year. Uh, but we took it and we loved it. So yeah, <laughs> it worked out well. All of the I was actually looking at doing a July Fourth sailing, and all the prices I could find around well in Florida, at least Jacksonville and Port Canaveral, were double yeah. normal. So I was like, yeah, I'm oh, going to wow. send this one out this year. Let's go to embarkation now. So so let's talk about embarkation. You make your way to the port of Tampa. How was the embarkation process? It was very smooth. Um, I was really impressed with how Tampa handled uh, check-in and processing. Um, everybody there from when you, you know, got to the door and, and uh, you know, met the first security folks were, were very friendly, very nice. Of course, you know me, I like to be at the, uh, the port as early as possible. Mm-hmm. So we got there probably around 930 or so by the time we parked and got up to the door. I think they finally opened the doors into the building a little after 10 o'clock. Um, this, we went right through security. It was very quick and easy. Uh, went right to the check-in counter and we had faster to the fun uh, for this trip. Um, so that was nice as well. We got to, uh, you know, get seated in, in the faster to the fun section and it was probably about, uh, 11, 15 or so. I think they started boarding very quick. As soon as they started boarding, they started calling the groups in and, and we were on board. So embarkation was very smooth, really friendly people. The, um, you know, the guy there managing the crowds, um, from the port side, uh, was a lot of fun. You know, he made it entertaining as we were all sitting there waiting to board, and uh, really enjoyed uh, some of his, you know, jokes and things that he was, uh, you know, doing with us and, and uh, motivating the crowd. So it was a lot of fun. It was a great way to start off the trip. Is that the guy they call Captain Carnival? It might be. I don't know. I mean, he he had quite a personality. I've, yeah. I've you know, all the cruises we've been on, I've never had anybody like that that's, you know, managing the terminal. 
uh, and he really did a great job. I think he was a retired police officer. Yep, that's Captain uh, Carnival. And that's him? Yep. Okay, yeah, he was awesome. So yeah. <laughs> we enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. This is your, uh, was your first time sailing on a Spirit-class ship, correct? It is, yeah. We had never been on a Spirit-class before, and um, we absolutely loved it. Uh, it's a great size. You know, the only thing I will say about Miracle, she missed uh, some of the, I think, kind of the key upgrades on the 2.0. Uh, she didn't get guys. She did not get uh, blue iguana. So those were two things that we missed a lot, especially having coming off uh, Vista back in February. But other than that, uh, the ship size-wise is great. Um, you know, the number of passengers on board is a lot uh, you know, less. So the, the deck space and everything just seems to be more accommodating. And like going to shows or comedy club, you know, we really had no problem getting a seat or anything like that. So overall, we were really impressed with the spirit class and we will definitely try to uh, get on another one in the future. So this is your first time um, going onto the spirit class, onto Carnival Miracle. So you walk uh, down the gangway into the atrium. What were your first impressions of the ship? First and foremost, like you said, with the atrium, you know, I I love having kind of that old school, uh, you know, multi-story atrium with the glass elevators. Miracle's uh, decor is probably a little bit darker just from you know the overall color scheme, so it's not as bright and open as maybe some of the uh, other ships. But you know, over the week as we kind of explored the ship, I really liked the uh, you know the theme overall, and you know just kind of all the the Joe Farkas uh, touches and design points. I mean, there was always something new and different to look at, so it was kind of fun just to see you know things that you didn't notice maybe a day or two ago, and it's like oh look at that over there. So it, it was it was really good. It was it felt very comfortable. Felt like a carnival ship. You know, we were uh, just excited to be on board and and to make our way up to Lido and get some lunch. You know, it's amazing. Like you were saying, like you would see things you didn't see a couple of days earlier. It's the attention to detail that that man had on that ship is just amazing. Like you know, you look at just the smallest space of the atrium. There's just so much detail there. It's mind blowing exactly. to me how he did it. It was almost Disney like, mm-hmm. you know, and how he, you know. Just, just like you said, that attention to detail from just the little different things and, you know, from the comedy club to the main theater. I mean, just the like the comedy club had the Mad Hatter theme and the main theater was kind of the Phantom of the Opera and just, you know, very ornate over the top. But it was really cool. You know, yeah. we enjoyed, uh, you know, exploring the ship and, and checking it out. So you make your way to your stateroom. You said you booked uh, an Ocean View stateroom. So what were your thoughts of it? Well, um, we got a surprise. Two days before we sailed, we got a phone call from uh, from Carnival offering us an upgrade to uh, what they called a premium extended balcony on deck seven. And uh, I quickly pulled up my uh, deck map and said, oh, that's, you know, this is one of the larger square rooms towards the back of the ship. And there's only a handful of them on the ship. So I said, yeah, absolutely. They offered us, you know, it was, I felt like it was a fair price for the upgrade. So we went ahead and took it. And uh, when we got on board, um, we were pleasantly surprised. The room was very large, um, almost like a suite, which is funny because we found out that night we got a letter in our stateroom that said, welcome to your suite. So we had actually been upgraded to a suite on Miracle um, without even knowing it. Wow. <laughs> so we had a really big balcony, uh, you know, an oversized room, you know, plenty of storage. It was just, it was an awesome room. And I'm so glad we took an upgrade because that was probably one of the things that we just enjoyed the most of the week. We had two lounge chairs on our extended balcony. So it was twice as long as a, as a traditional balcony. And it was probably one and a half times as deep. Um, so we had, you know, plenty of shade and we had our own lounge chairs out there. So we never had to worry about chair hogs, you know, the whole week we had our own little spot and it was just, it was awesome. It really was. We were so, so happy that we did that. It ended up being an, a great treat for the week. 
Now, because you were you booked faster to the fun, if you didn't book faster mm-hmm. to the fun and you were in a suite, would you still get priority embarkation? Yeah, we would have. Okay. Um, and the funny thing is, is you know, we were behind the suite group on boarding, so I was kind of like, well, I wish I had known that we were a suite <laughs> when we got on board. But I think because it was so close to check-in, yeah. they hadn't had a chance to update the cards and everything. Mm-hmm. So it worked out fine. Yeah. You know, we had faster the fun. It was no sweat. We were on the ship, you know, as quickly as we could want to be. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it would have been a nice perk had we not had it. Uh, that would have been, you know, it would have given us priority tendering uh, and Grand Cayman when we were there and uh, priority dis- disembarkation when we left the ship, too. Those aft balconies are uh, they're so awesome, aren't they? It's like once, you, once you're in one of those, you, you kind of don't ever want to go back to a regular one. Oh, I know it. And that's, uh, that's the thing, you know, we were excited to try our first quote unquote interior, uh, and to check out that, that French door window mm-hmm. situation. But, you know, we were, we were okay missing out on that yeah. <laughs> when we got into the room because it was so nice. Yeah, so definitely. We weren't, we weren't disappointed in the week. Uh, let's talk about the dining on board Carnival Miracle and we'll start in the main dining room. So what time dining did you have? Yeah. We had uh, the My Time Dining, mm-hmm. which we uh, had tried that the first time on Vista back in February and really liked it. Uh, it just gave us a little bit more flexibility, even though we typically dine at the same time, even with the mind time dining. But dining was excellent. Uh, the main dining room, uh, we, we had a great uh, wait staff. And as a matter of fact, we requested the same table uh, every night. Uh, we went to the steakhouse the first night, but on the second night forward, we, we were in the main dining room the rest of the week. And we kept asking for the same table because we just really enjoy, enjoyed the service and, and the team that was uh, you know serving us. The food was excellent. Um, you know, every meal we enjoyed very much, and uh, you know, the service was was very consistent the entire week. So overall, it was a great dining experience. With the my time dining, did you experience any type of delays or slowness, or was everything pretty prompt? Everything was pretty prompt. I would say probably the uh, formal night, the first formal night, uh, was Tuesday night, I believe it was. And uh, I will say the service was a bit slower that night, but I think that's because that you know everybody came to the dining room. That's when they did the the lobster. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it, it was uh, you know I would say most people came to the main dining room that night, and uh, folks were coming in a bit earlier. So it did kind of slow things down a little bit. But you know what? I mean, we were still. I think probably the longest time we were in there might have been an hour, hour, hour forty, or an hour forty five minutes, gotcha. uh, which is plenty acceptable for us. I mean, we had plenty of time to get to the, you know, to the show and to do anything we wanted to do after dining. As far as the steakhouse on the ship, they, it's not called Fahrenheit 555, but it's like a, one of those supper club steakhouses, I think, isn't it? On the, uh, on yeah, the Spirit class ship. How was that? It was excellent. They call it uh, Nick and Nora's yes. on the Miracle. Um, and it was, it was very good. We had, uh, it was, it was nice cause we actually sailing out of the port of Tampa, we get, uh, you know, an extended, uh, departure there as you go out, uh, leaving the port out to the Skyway bridge, I think it is. And it takes about two hours to hit the bridge from when you actually sail. So we, we had sat down for dinner and we were enjoying a nice meal by the window. We had floor to ceiling windows next to us and it just, it provided, you know, a really nice scenic, uh, you know, departure as we left Tampa. And as we went through Tampa Bay and then finally, you know, we were sitting there enjoying our meal when, when we crossed under the bridge. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool, too, to see how close the clearance is. I, we weren't outside, so we couldn't quite watch the funnel. But uh, somebody on one of our Facebook pages uh, had posted the video and I caught it when we were on one of our ports. I uh, watched it and I said, man, you're going you're gonna to leave uh, some red paint behind. You know, I mean, it's almost <laughs> that close to the bridge. <laughs> yeah, the steakhouse was delicious. Service was excellent. Uh, I had the filet. My wife had the filet. I had the lobster tail as well. 
Uh, so it was a really enjoyable meal and, and the dessert and service was excellent. So very enjoyable and highly recommend the steakhouse experience. You were mentioning about um, the sail away under the Skyway Bridge there in Tampa. And so Carnival Miracle was christened here in Jacksonville in, I believe, 2004. Might have been a five carry okay. number. But they shut the bridge down, our bridge here in Jacksonville, the Dames Point Bridge. And they actually have a picture in the um, operation manager's office at the terminal where there was four uh, officers standing on top of the, sm- the funnel when it went underneath the bridge. Oh, wow. And their hands were touching the Dames Point Bridge. That's how close it was. So you're talking like, what, That's maybe six, six or seven feet clearance going yeah, under the bridge. That's yeah, that's awesome. Pretty, pretty wild there. That, um, had to be a, that had to be an experience to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, to go under a bridge like that, you have to get the ship going a little bit faster so it kind of sinks down into the water and, you know, takes more yeah. water as a draft so they can you know, clear the, uh, not knock that smokestack off a brand new ship at that point. Um, exactly. So let's, let's talk yeah, about the buffet area. Uh, how was the buffet up there? Yeah, the buffet, you know, uh, I think on some of my previous reviews, I've mentioned, you know, we're not huge buffet fans, but... Uh, the buffet, we did enjoy it a little bit more this go-around since we didn't have guys or blue iguana to kind of uh, you know give us some additional options. And we mainly explored uh, the deli and the the, uh, the pizzeria mm-hmm. uh, and some of the dessert items. And you know the layout and the flow was generally pretty good. You know at peak times, obviously the buffet area is going to be crowded. I mean it is going to be that way on any ship. Uh, but I felt like the uh, layout overall was pretty good. Um, the deli, uh, was, was very good. I think it had the new menu just like Vista did. So it was very similar to what we had, uh, you know, the pre, uh, the pre-made sandwiches that they heat up in the, uh, in the oven before, uh, they serve it to you. Um, you know, I had the Cubano sandwich, uh, multiple times during the week and it was always delicious. Um, and the pizza was, was always, uh, you know, just as good as, as it is, it is on any carnival ship. Uh, and the desserts were very good. The ones that we had, uh, where everything was very, uh, tasty. So uh, no complaints there. We really enjoyed, uh, you know, the parts of the buffet that we sampled. Did you see cake pops on the dessert bar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, those are good. (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) believe. We had missed those on Vista, and my wife found them, and she said, have you tried one of these? I said, no. She said, give it a shot. I said, man, that is good. So we went back and got like three or four more. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was on Carnival Liberty and I walked, I'm like, what are these things? And I, I'm like, oh my gosh, those are cake pops. And you know, Starbucks sells them for like $4 a pop. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I loaded my plate up with it. And I was walking around the ship eating them like lollipops. They were um, I know it. pretty, pretty awesome. Let's talk about entertainment on the seven night yeah. sailing. How was that? Uh, entertainment was great. Um, you know, they had um, they had a main show just about every night, I believe. I think the, the entertainment staff was off one night during the entire week, uh, and we made it to most of the shows. I think we missed all but, or we went to all but one night, and that night we went and spent uh, the evening in the comedy club. Um, so, you know, the shows were very good. Uh, you know, the entertainment staff did a great job keeping it fun, and, you know, the, the shows were very enjoyable. And I will say, you know, the theater layout, having gone, from Vista to Miracle, that spirit class uh, theater is so much more enjoyable just from the sight lines and being able to, you know, find a seat just about anywhere and you can see the stage. Um, so that was a, you know, a welcome change. And also you didn't have to line up, you know, 20 or 30 minutes early like we did at Vista to get a good seat. You could just walk in, sit down and enjoy the show. And, uh, you know, the comedy club was really fun. We had missed out on that uh, on Vista just because we had the kids with us. We, we tended uh, you know, not to do that in the evenings, but uh, we really enjoyed the comedy clubs. We hit, we sat one, you know, one night there, I think we went through four shows back to back. Just, you know, the various entertainers were a lot of fun. So we, you know, we stuck around for their, their second showings. 
So we really enjoyed the entertainment overall. And um, Frankie, the uh, cruise director, he did a really great job as well. Um, you know, we really enjoyed uh, him as a cruise director. Um, so, I, you know, overall, the entertainment was great. We, we have no complaints and we had something to do every night. We look forward to uh, each show and, and uh, every activity that we went to. We really enjoyed it. So you were on a Western Caribbean cruise, a couple of sea days thrown in there. How were your sea days? Sea days were great. Um, you know, those are always my favorite. I love uh, being out at sea. That's a big appeal for me. And, one, you know, one of the main reasons why I cruise, you know, the ports are kind of secondary for me. If I have sea days, I'm a happy camper. And, uh, you know, the ship, like I said, the spirit class is a really great size, manages the, uh, the crowds very well. Um, I will say, though, the one area where you really feel it is crowds is in the serenity area, at least on our sailing. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty packed in there and it was kind of hot too, back in the days. Cause it, it was, it's on the aft of the ship back there. Mm-hmm. There is a very small pool, um, but they've crowded in a lot of loungers and a lot of clamshells in the back of that area. Um, so I think it, you know, it didn't handle the crowds as well as I would have hoped. Um, but there's plenty of space. If you go up, you know, a deck or two above that, you can find, you know, they had other clamshells along the side over there, just below the, uh, the, uh, smokestack. And, uh, you know, there, there were plenty of loungers available anywhere you wanted to sit. But like I said, we really enjoyed our, our suite and having the uh, lounge chairs out there. So on the sea days, you know, we spent a lot of time out in our, our own little private deck there and, you know, reading books and just watching the sea go by. So it was really enjoyable. Our two sea days were a lot, very relaxing and, and really enjoyable days. And crowds and congestion um, as far as like in the food areas, how did that go? Yeah, not bad. You know, like I said, um, you know, the, the peak times, Alito, mm-hmm. it, it was pretty full in there, especially around the deli or the pizza. I will say the pizza, you know, it seemed kind of slow. They, they, um, I think they needed to have some, you know, more pizzas kind of ready to go. Um, and, you know, they just, it, it didn't go very quickly. If you were waiting in line for a pizza, you might be waiting for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes trying to get a slice of pizza. But otherwise, you know, like I said, it felt you know, everybody could get around. There were plenty of spots to seat, to, uh, you know, to find a seat. Never any trouble. You know, as soon as you got your food, you could get a table. No problem. Any time that we were up there. So overall, you know, very good flow. And I, I really like the way the spirit class kind of handles the crowds. Tell us uh, what ports you hit and give us a highlight from each port. Okay. We went to uh, Cozumel was the first port, followed by Costa Maya. Then we were in Roatan and Grand Cayman. Cozumel, we spent the day over at Paradise Beach. Uh, we had done that uh, last year when we were there with Disney. And really enjoyed that. They've got a great pool and uh, a nice beach over there. So we spent a few hours uh, over there. There were four ships in port that day, so it got pretty crowded pretty quickly. So we spent about two or three hours and then decided to head back to the ship and enjoy the afternoon uh, with less folks on board. So overall, a really nice day in Cozumel. The the weather was gorgeous. And then uh, next, we went to uh, Costa Maya. We spent the day at Maya Chan, and I cannot say enough good things about the folks at Maya Chan. That mm-hmm. is an awesome, awesome experience. And you book that on your own. You know, it's not through the cruise. And they, uh, you know, it's an American family that I believe has, has started that up. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of frequent cruisers know about it. It's kind of a uh, not as well-kept secret as it used to be, but um, it's still, I mean, everything I had heard about it and the service, the food, how, um, you know, everybody there treats you, it's just amazing. Um, even though we had a lot of, unfortunately, some uh, algae or seaweed that had built up on the beach, um, you know, they, they tell you that up front and make sure you know that, you know, there's a lot of uh, seaweed on the beach that day and they offer you a full refund before they take you out there. Um, and we, you know, we had been waiting to go. And that was one of the main reasons we had uh, wanted to do this itinerary was to get to Costa Maya and see Maya Chan. 
and it was it was worth it. So anybody that uh, has booked Maya Chan, you're in for a wonderful treat. And if you haven't, look into it. If you're going to Costa Maya, awesome. You know, I, I'm wondering, um, John, how much seaweed, how much of an issue the seaweed is, because I was there the first week of February, and you couldn't even see the yeah. beach because of the seaweed. I mean, they had people raking it up as it was coming in. Right. But it was, and like like you said, they offered to give us a refund as well, right there at the outside the terminal gate, saying, "Hey, there's seaweed on the beach. If you want to cancel, you know, we'll refund your money." I thought that was cool for one because they really didn't have to do that, and two. I mean, aside from the you know, I didn't get in the water at all as far as there, but I mean, the right. drinks, the food, like that that food that that chef prepares there, so good. It's tasty, isn't it? Yeah, like I went back for like <laughs> that's worth the price us. of admission right there. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, and she's like hand yeah, rolling and it, the tortillas and, it, and everything is pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, we did have a lot of seaweed. Um, it was more the smell for me than it was, you know, they had they had cleaned up a lot of it off the beach. And unfortunately, it was just kind of out in the water. Um, but once you were there and the smell, it kind of started to dry out a little bit during the day and uh, the smell went down. Um, but like you said, the drinks, the food, you know, the service, that's that's the main reason we went. And we had our own little palapa in the shade all day. And every 10 minutes, somebody was coming by. You need another drink. You need anything. I mean, they're just so attentive. And, uh, you know, working with, with the folks there booking it and any questions I had, they were always so responsive. So it's just, it was a great experience overall. And just to have something a little bit more rustic in a beach mm-hmm. experience like that, uh, was really enjoyable. So highly recommend. So after Coast of um, where'd you go? Yeah. Well, next we went to Roatan. Uh, we were in Mahogany Bay, you know, Carnival's port there. Uh, it, weather-wise it was looking a little bit sketchy that day and we had a good chance of rain. So we got off, just kind of explored the area there in Mahogany Bay and then walked over to the beach and just checked that out and, you know, enjoyed the scenery and watching the chairlifts go by. And then we saw some of the weather rolling in. So we quickly headed back to the ship. And uh, just about the time we got back on board, the bottom fell out. It rained probably a good part of the day. Um, so we just had a nice ship day, kept, you know, kept it uh, nice and easy and just reading some books and enjoying the, the, the downtime. So unfortunately, we didn't get to explore a lot of Roatan, but we'll be back, I'm sure. So we'll we'll, we'll get out on the island, uh, you know, on the next go around. Uh, when you go back, you have to try to hit up uh, Little French Key. That place was so awesome. Absolutely, I remember seeing your pictures where you were holding the jaguar. So yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, that was really um, cool. Sorry, I cut you yeah, off. Where'd definitely. You go, where'd you go next? We went to Grand Cayman next, um, and then we uh, we chose to go over to Royal Palms and uh, just to, just to have a nice little beach day. So we. Paid the $2 entrance fee, went in there, and, uh, you know, that gives you access to their facilities and things. And we decided not to rent lounge chairs or umbrellas because their prices are pretty high. So we just kind of went around the corner. From there, we had our own little private stretch of beach and and pretty much had it to ourselves. Miracle was the only ship in port that day. So experiencing Grand Cayman with only one ship in port was a really nice treat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we just spent about two hours swimming in the ocean out there and just enjoying the water. That's one of my favorite beaches in the entire Caribbean. So... You know, it's just uh, a great uh, beach day. So we really enjoyed that. And then you went back to what? You had those three ports and then back to Tampa? Yep. Tampa was the next stop. So we had a sea day after Grand Cayman and then back to Tampa. Hey, let me ask you how some people complain about the cigarette smoke on Miracle. Um, I've never been on it personally. Was it an issue like when you were standing in the atrium or anything coming out of the casino? Uh, yeah, if you were near the casino, it definitely had, you know, the cigarette smell. And we, a couple of the days we were standing down on deck. I think it was waiting to get off the ship 
um, you know, as they were clearing customs to let us off into the ports, you know, you were standing down there near the casino and it is fairly smoky. So that is true. Um, but as long as you were away from the casino, it wasn't bad. You know, everywhere else on the ship, you know, it wasn't a problem at all. But yeah, definitely the casino is very, very smoky on that ship. How was your disembarkation process once you got back to Tampa? It was smooth, very easy. It did. It took us a while to dock. I mean, we were up at about a little after 5 a.m., I think, because we, we like to do the walk-off and, uh, you know, try to get into our car and hit the road. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it did take us a while to, to dock and to get into Tampa. We were about 15 minutes later than it's scheduled. But as soon as we, uh, you know, got to the port, we had faster to the fun and slash suite access. So they had us go down to the main dining room uh, to wait to be called off the ship. And as soon as it cleared customs, we were on our way and down the, you know, the stairs and off the ship and um, very smooth, very quickly through customs and out to the parking deck. So overall, it was a very quick process, probably 10 minutes, uh, you know, from getting off the ship to the car once we uh, cleared customs. And you parked on site? You can. Uh, The terminal is a little bit further than what we're used to uh, sailing out of like uh, Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it is a bit more of a hike, but sh- so I would recommend, you know, folks sailing out of Tampa, especially if you're dragging your own luggage in the summer heat out there, it might be better to leave the bags, uh, you know, with somebody at the curb, go get the car and then pick up the family and the luggage doing that way. And same with the drop off. It might be easier, you know, to drop the bags and then go park and uh, meet up before y'all go into the terminal. So, but otherwise, yeah, parking's uh, plenty available. It was nice, you know, clean area, and the port itself was very uh, easy to uh, to find and to navigate. Okay, very good. Well, looking back on Carnival Miracle, do you have any tips to offer? Yeah, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you're considering sailing the Miracle or having doubts, maybe you're concerned that, you know, it's older ship, smaller ship, doesn't have all the bells and whistles of some of the newer ones in the fleet, you know, absolutely give her a try. The Spirit class is awesome. I really wish Carnival would consider building more of those ships, uh, you know, in the future. It's just a really nice size, you know, and and I will say something, you know, with, with Carnival, having come from Vista, which was, you know, just recently the flagship of the fleet to, to Miracle to one of the older ships consistency. Carnival just does it right. I mean, Mm. it feels, they keep it consistent across the ships, even from Miracle to Vista. You know, it just felt very comfortable to me. It was the Carnival experience. It was fun, you know, and I don't think you get that on some of the other lines. You know, your experience can vary pretty dramatically between ships and just how they handle things. Mm -hmm. So I give kudos to Carnival for keeping their experience, you know, very consistent and uh, you know, the product's just very strong and it's fun. You know, they, their motto is choose fun and, and it works. You know, I mean, it really does. So it's uh, it was really enjoyable and we're, we can't wait to uh, to get back on our next Carnival cruise. You mentioned that the Serenity was a little bit different. Of course, you were on Vista a few months ago and that is like the ultimate yeah. Serenity. How do they compare to each other on Mir- uh, Miracle and Vista? Because you, you mentioned that the Miracle Serenity was in the back of the ship. Right. Okay. And Vista's on the front. So <laughs> you're going completely different ends of the ship. But, uh, you know, Vista's Serenity deck was just more expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt like the layout maybe was a little bit better for the crowd control. Uh, I mean, they're all going to have chair hogs. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. There's so many people these days on the ships. But, you know, the Miracle, it, it was a beautiful area. I love the aft of the ship. I mean, that's the best views that you can get. But like I said, I think they've just maybe packed in too many of those clamshell loungers yeah. and it kind of took up more space than the typical lounge chair would. Yeah. Um, and the pool is there, but it's small. And, uh, you know, it was it was packed with sardines on that hot day, on that sea day. Yeah, <laughs> so, I hear you. 
if you want to enjoy serenity, get there early. Very well. Well, we've been talking with John. He just returned from that seven-night cruise on Carnival Miracle out of Tampa. John, as always, a pleasure talking to you, my friend, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me back. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at whycampidaho.org.